Welcome to A Raw Perspective, A Fresh Point of View. I'm your host, Richard Anthony Wallace. Thank you again for listening to this podcast. We are about to start our travel series, talk about my experiences throughout the world, and talk to you about some stories that I got. Shout out to my brother, Kyle Hardfingers Wallace, for always bringing that audio production to the forefront. Use that degree, son. Use that degree. Love you, brother. If you haven't done so already, follow me on Facebook, facebook.com slash a raw perspective. Hit that like button. Be up to date with everything that's going on with this podcast and more. So now we are talking about my travel series. And the travel series that we're going to be talking about is Tokyo. Tokyo, Japan. Now, if everybody knows who I am, I am highly invested in Japanese culture. I appreciate the hell out of Japanese culture. Always been fascinated by it. I uh, had the opportunity to go the first time with my colleagues uh, when I was working at the University of Illinois in Chicago. And I want to give a shout out to Andy Ng, who helped pave the way to me actually going to another country and kicking it so thank you andy for that great experience i will never forget it so yeah tokyo a wild experience a a culture shock really when i initially went but i'm going to talk about the experience that i had with my brother i talked about a little bit about traveling the world but i'm gonna go in depth not too much in depth because my brother has his side of the story, but we we had a good ass time over in Tokyo. So went to Tokyo. How we got there, my brother and I flew Air Canada. Actually, <laughs> uh, we flew Air Canada from Chicago, Illinois, to Montreal, Quebec. Which you're probably thinking if you're interested in geography, why are you traveling? East when you need to go west to go far east, if that makes any type of sense at all. But that's how the flight worked. <laughs> that is how we experienced Tokyo from there. So we flew Air Canada. It's about a 12-hour flight, and it was long, ladies and gentlemen. Long, and flying economy is is not the most fun when it's a 12-hour flight and people are going back and forth using the restroom because you have to use the restroom, right? But all in all, it was a, it's a great experience to get onto the plane. And there are two airports. There is Haneda and Narita. Haneda is closer to the actual Tokyo metropolitan area, while Narita is about an hour away. So we have to take the Narita Express to get there. So when we landed, obviously we had to change our money in from U.S. dollar to the Japanese yen because U.S. dollar ain't working over here. (laughs) So we went over to a currency exchange, got a pretty decent rate on our currency exchange, and... 
went forward to a week of kicking it in Tokyo. So my brother's very first time going to Tokyo. We always talked about this as as children. It's like, man, we're going to go to Tokyo. We're going to have a good-ass time. We need to just experience life because we realize life is too short to do a lot of things. So we decided that we wanted to spend our birthdays, even though his birthday had passed, his 30th birthday had passed, uh, we were going to celebrate our birthdays together over in Japan. So we take the Narita Express. We got, which I would recommend, a pocket Wi-Fi. You can rent those out. It's usually like six bucks a day. And it's pretty much you're on the network. You can utilize your phone. And having a battery charger is essential for you to get around in Japan. So after taking an Arita Express, Google Maps is actually going to be your best friend. It is highly accurate and highly capable of navigating through everything. With the combination of the pocket Wi-Fi and the Google Maps, it told me the exact times of when trains were supposed to arrive. The thing about trains in Japan, they actually arrive on time. So if a train is stating that it's going to be there at 17.47, which is military time, it is going to be there at 17.46, and it's going to leave at 17.47 which is amazing. So that was one of the most eye-opening things that I've seen uh, experiencing Japan. So we take the trains, and the transit system is one of the most perfect systems known to mankind. Their infrastructure on how to navigate public transportation Perfect. Just perfect. Everything you needed to know was there. Uh, Google Translate was was helpful as well. I know a couple of phrases in Japanese to get by, but mostly we were using Google Translate. And that's how we made it through through the day. We take the train. We walk. Me and my brother walk from the Shibuya station to our hostel. And it was hot. It was, well, hot compared to, yeah, it it was hot and muggy. It's the rainy season during that time at the end of June. And it was, whew, me and my brother were sweating. We was going up hills. With our luggage, he was like, shit. <laughs> we was out of shape the first time walking up and down the the the, yeah, the the hills and we weren't we weren't used to that. But lo and behold, we made it to the hostel. We stayed at the Wise Isle Shibuya, a nice swanky area, and we got there I believe Thursday, and every Thursday they have uh, meat meet fellow hostel members there so me and my brother made friends after we unpacked into our rooms they 
So the rooms was really small, is what I told my brother. And he was like, cool. But it was really small. It was literally just bunk bed and a sink inside of the bed, like inside of the room. And then bathroom and showers were, were outside. So communal bathrooms, like private bathroom, but you had to share. Same with the the shower. And the thing about Japan, their shower bathrooms usually can be one and the same or it can be two separate things uh and they have heated toilet seats so if you enjoy a warm bum then that is for you and they have like the sanitary like wipe thing so it's a new toilet seat every single time that you don't have to worry about which is awesome truly Truly awesome. So getting there, we, we meet a couple people from from England, from Australia, from France. Uh, our boy Asher is from France, the black actor. And then we met our Korean troupe. It was like a French-Korean troupe that was doing a play in Japan. And most of them were like, we really don't want to do this play even though we're getting paid, this is probably the stupidest thing that we've ever done. But they were doing their thing. Um, met all the friends over there. And the one thing about me was I was taking a summer class in computer science. I was doing intro to object-oriented programming, so I didn't have the opportunity to go out like my brother did. The, the first time that we were out, we were trying to find food, and then we experienced some... Some sort of ra- racism in the subtlest way. Went to an izakaya, and we were trying to go eat because we got the recommendation from there. And then the guy told us to wait. It was starting to rain. It's like, okay, I don't. they don't have enough space. And then these Japanese women went over, and they asked. There was like four of them. It was just two of us. And then they just let them in. And I'm like, whoa, it's messed up. So we was like, you know what? Fuck it, we gonna leave. And that's what we did. And I wrote a nasty Yelp review on there. And went from there. Uh, So we went back to the hostel. They were still drinking. We found food. So I took my brother. (laughs) This is the, the cool thing. I was like, you know what? Bump the restaurants. What we're going to do is we are going to head over to a convenience store or a conveni. That's what they call them. And my brother's like, why the hell are we going to a 7-Eleven or a family mart? And I was, I told my brother, Kyle, just trust me. So we went into the convenience store and I told him, you can get anything here for less than 500 yen. So you can get that. You can get you a... a Onanigri, which is a, a rice ball with, I like, salmon, beef, what, whatever's in, in the rice ball. And then I told him to get this drink called Strong Zero. Now, Strong Zero is like a vodka soda. And the most popular one is lemon. And it tastes like Sprite. And it's in a tall, tall boy glass. So, really huge. 9% volume content of alcohol. And guess how much it costs? 150 yen. 
which is equivalent to about $1.50 for 9% volume content of alcohol. Me and my brother were like, holy shit. You could get really, really messed up with these strong zeros. So that's what we got. Uh, we ate ate our, our food. I even got like some, um, what was it, like some chicken. And we, we ate. We had our little meal. And I couldn't really go out. But I was hanging down downstairs with the fellow other hostel mates. Met some guy from New Zealand that just came in. He was celebrating his birthday as well. And my brother was kicking it with them. I was talking to these other Japanese women that I believe they were working there or they were hanging out. So I was just trying to get their opinion. I was speaking some Japanese. They were very impressed with my Japanese. And then so you know you can just speak English to us. You know, I, I, I'm the type of person that's going to try and have a conversation with you in your native language. Um, but they were like, you can speak English with us. Uh, they appreciated me trying, so I asked for recommendations on what to get as far as different spots for ramen, different spots for sushi, um, udon, just the whole gamut of food. And they, they hooked, hooked a brother up with all of the different recommendations and we we went we went on from there. It was it was a blast. So I thank them, appreciated their 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 hospitality. Now the challenge for me was again I was in this computer class, so I couldn't go out the first night. My brother did. I went to class two o'clock in the morning, which is noon, the previous day, in the states, and I went to class. My brother went out to some club. Don't know what club. I think it was Excalibur, but he went out. I go to class. It's 3 o'clock. He didn't take the pocket Wi-Fi with him, so I can't really communicate with him. So I'm assuming he's going to be back at like 4 or something. And Tokyo is probably one of the more safer cities, so I really wasn't afraid of that. So I wake up about 8 o'clock. And my brother's not in in the hostel, in the room. So I'm like, where the fuck is my brother? Where the fuck is he? So I, we call our friend Jeff, well, text Jeff, and be like, yo, you see my bro Kyle? Or it's like, nah, bro. So I'm just like, oh, man, I don't even know where my brother Kyle is. <laughs> and lo and behold, I get a, a number that is a Japanese number, and it's on FaceTime. Luckily, I'm on the pocket Wi-Fi, so I don't get charged Japanese rates because I don't have that international data plan anymore. T-Mobile screwed me over. So, lo and behold, my brother calls me saying, Bro, I'm in Rapungi. And then he met this, this nice lady um, named Addie. And Addie is cool. She's originally from Zimbabwe. And then I just said, where's the location? Send me your location. And knowing me and knowing the train system, it'd be about a half hour. I got my brother. Found him. And we made a friend along the way with Addie, who would come more and more into the conversation because she would hang out with my brother and I. Which was cool. So we, we walked from that train station we walked all the way back 
to her spot just to walk her home, which was the longest walk in the world. But we did it. We went through different shrines and graveyards and just exploring all of Japan, which took about an hour. But lo and behold, it was a great experience. And my brother met a new friend. And my brother was hungry, so we went back to the hostel and got something to eat. They had, like, these chicken hot dogs that were delicious. And we we ate it up. And then we was like, all right, let's take a nap because we had to go to the robot restaurant. And the robot restaurant was was one of the things that was on our bucket list for that day. So we took, like, a couple-hour nap, got ready for the robot restaurant, which was going to start at, like, 6 o'clock. But first, we had to go and do the recommendations that the lovely Japanese ladies gave us. And the first one was Ichiran Ramen, which was great. Oh, my gosh. It was about 15-minute wait, but we was in and out of there. You get these. You, you get in line, and then you get to pick your own type of ramen. So it's a, a machine. You put in your money, pick what you want in it. It prints you out a ticket. The servers would be like, here you go, sit here. It's like an individual sitting location. It's just you. And you have these blockers, like you're in third grade, trying not to cheat on my my test. And you can just enjoy yourselves. Or if you're with another person, you can take down those, those barriers. But that was delicious. So we ate that. Highly recommend going to eat your own ramen. It's like the McDonald's of ramen, but only better. I highly recommend that. Then my brother and I just kicked it at an arcade where I played Flippy Table and just seeing like all the different games that transpired. Um, But there was a lot of video games. And then we went into the robot restaurant. Now what the robot restaurant is, it's like super commercialized, super Americanized thing where it's a show. If you've seen Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown, When he went to Tokyo, he was at the robot restaurant and they had an opportunity to film it. It's literally robots and music choreography, percussion. It was just a whole bunch of crap. My goodness, it was just, it was a lot. Sensory overload. Don't know how else to describe it, but that is what had transpired through that night. So we call it a night. Well, didn't really call it a night because we was kicking it with the other hostel people when we got back. And we was just chilling. We was just kicking it. Kicking it. So we was like, all right, let's call it a day because we're about to go to um, Odaiba. Going to check out some nature and get some sushi and, you know, kick it. So the very next day, get on the train, super duper packed, but there's order and structure in the way that the trains work. It was hot, humid, muggy, we had to walk all the way up to the Hamaruku Gardens, where we looked at nature, it was raining that day, but regardless, we enjoyed ourselves in nature, then we went to the Shijuku Fish Market, Ate some fresh ramen. It was probably the freshest ramen that we've ever had in our lives. And then we went to Diver City. 
in Odaiba to see the big old Gundam. If you have not seen it, look up Diver City, Mobile Soup Gundam, Tokyo. We got to see the Gundam and we just kicked it. We went to the Fuji television station to look at that stuff. And then for lunch, we had an assortment of different ramen that we went to. It was delicious. We were at Tokyo Ramen, Koku Ganmai, which has all the different ramens across the country. Uh, so we did that. I took a quick nap, but the quick nap turned out to be the entire day once we got back. And we kicked it with our boy Asher uh, until from midnight to like six in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> we were just kicking it in Shibuya. So we did the Shibuya crossing. Uh, we took photos over there, kicking it, <laughs> doing a lot. But I was like, all right, let's go back to sleep a little bit. So this is the next day. I had to get my baby cousins some Eevees from the Pokemon Center. And that's what I did. We had to find them. My brother was getting stuff for his mother. And went to the Pokemon store, got that, got his stuff. Then we went to the conveyor belt sushi, which was awesome. How conveyor belt sushi works is you just pick up the sushi that's coming off of the conveyor belt. And there's different color plates, and that's how much the different color plates are. And you put the plates in at the very end, and that's how much you pay. And then we thought it was cool. We decided that we wanted to go fashion shopping, so we went to Bathe and Ape. My brother bought a hoodie. I brought, bought a t-shirt. We went into Supreme. We went to, like, this Foot Locker type of store. It's a lot of stuff. We went to Virgil's store with Off-White. Just ridiculous. But that was cool because we were trying to get ready. For my birthday. So we had met another Japanese lady who happens to be a club promoter for one of the spots. And I told her it was my birthday. And we got to kick it with Addie again. My brother got to kick it with Addie. And we had my birthday at this place called Harlem. And it was a great time. I mean, I got drinks for me. Got to see this DJ named Bass Cream that I'm friends with on Instagram. He he played the tracks. And we was out. We was kicking it. Man. I was having a good ass time. Um, and it was more emotional and sentimental because, you know, turning 29 years old during that time. Losing my father the year prior. It's the first time I'm not able to do that. But I enjoyed myself. My brother enjoyed himself, got some phone calls from people, wishing me a happy birthday, even though I'm a day ahead of everybody, and we stayed out till about six in the morning. <laughs> six in the morning. Um, but what was about to transpire again was my ultimate birthday gift was heading to McDonald's to have an Ebby burger, which is shrimp shrimp burger and my brother just being basic as he is he's got a regular ass big mac <laughs> i'm like you in japan you just get a regular ass big mac 
It's like, yeah, so what? Um, but we decided that we was going to go go-karting in Tokyo. Yep, that's what we was going to do. Go-karting in Tokyo. So I dressed up as Mickey Mouse and my brother dressed up as Pikachu. And we had two other people with us. They were like, I believe they were Korean. And we were driving at night in the streets of Tokyo in go-karts. When I tell you that was an adrenaline rush, that was probably the most fun that I had. Our host, Ricardo, was a godsend. He treated us right. It was an absolute blast. We got back to to the hostel, um, met up with Addie and Asher, and we hit up a hookah bar. And there was this one Japanese girl that was like with her boyfriend, but... She was looking at me and eyeing me like, oh my gosh, I've never seen a girl smile at me that much in my life. I was like, dang, I could, but I am a respectful man because she was definitely smiling at me. I was like, no, I guess I got this beard, this nice haircut. I don't know. But we, we just smoked hookah, kicked it, talked about the black experience everywhere. Um, Ashley talked about his black experience being French. Um, Addy talked about the black experience being from Zimbabwe, living in Tokyo. We talked about the black experience in America. And it's just interesting how you can all be like black people together and talk about the similar issues that we all have together, which is what racism is everywhere. Microaggressions, prejudice is everywhere. That's ridiculous. But regardless, that was a good time. We we enjoyed ourselves from there. So the very next day, it's July 4th, we decided to go see a movie. We saw Spider-Man Far From Home. It was English, but they had Japanese subtitles. And we brought Eddie as well. And we was watching the movie. And we were getting all the different type of jokes from what was transpired. But the Japanese weren't getting the type of jokes because there's things in, like, American humor that's just funny. And then people weren't really laughing when we were laughing, which is interesting. But, yeah, saw a movie in Japan. <laughs> then we had to go to the baseball game. So my brother and I went to go see the Tokyo Giants play. And we went to the Tokyo Dome and we watched a full-fledged baseball game. And one of the most interesting things about the baseball games are the beer people. They are beer women, and they're like these petite women with these huge beer backpacks strapped on their backs, and they just pour out beer. That is one of the most interesting experiences that I've ever witnessed. (laughs) I've never seen anything like it. Uh, I was like, what is going on? I don't know what is transpiring, but... Yeah, the baseball game was fun. They, they were standing up, cheering before everything. It's just a crazy experience. Real crazy. But they enjoy, They thoroughly enjoyed themselves. My brother was tired, so I decided to kick it with um, Addie and her friend Seiko. Uh, Seiko? Not Seiko. Seiko, sorry. Um, and we played Mario Kart, went to the arcade, and then we did some karaoke. And my brother joined us at like 3 o'clock in the morning. He's like, where the hell are you? Why are you, why are you uh, 
text me and stuff. You always need to let me know where you at. I told him where I was at. I told him that I was going to karaoke with Addy and Seiko. And that's what we did. Um, and we were there until about 4.50 in the morning. <laughs> and we was just kicking it. And we said goodbye to Seiko. Um, and kicked it right there. So, went back home. Well, back to the hostel. Kicked it. Saw some summer league NBA basketball. Because it was nighttime and it's daytime there. And we had one more night in Tokyo. So, we invited Addy again. And we decided we were going to another izakaya before we would go out to uh, Excalibur or whatever. We brought Asher as well, and we was kicking it. We had a, a good time. I went to class on my phone with my pocket Wi-Fi. I just had to be on the, the class, but I wasn't, like, going to class. <laughs> I almost got into a fight. There was some dude that was pushing me. Like, he was some super-duper short dude. I'm like, please, I can take you, bro. You don't want any of this. But he wanted to try me, and we wasn't having that. So my brother had my back, but all in all, it was a great experience. Met some great friends. Had to get out. Went back on the Narita Express. We were hanging out in, like, the Korean Air Airport Lounge. Had some good food there. And we had our 12-hour flight back to Montreal, and then about another hour and a half flight back to Chicago. It's where we went. And that is it. And that was my experience in Tokyo. That was about a half hour conversation. But that was one of the most exciting trips that I've ever had in my life. And I will never forget that experience. I plan on going back in 2021 after the... Olympics because the Olympics is going to be taking place in August and I have no time for that to talk about that ex experience of going to Tokyo during the Olympics hell no but that was my experience in Tokyo I recommend going if you have the opportunity to go go if you have the financial means to go go experience it it's a great time it's a lot more stuff that I wanted to talk about but I'm going to table this now. Thank you again for listening to A Raw Perspective, A Fresh Point of View. If you haven't done so already, again, go to www.facebook.com slash A Raw Perspective. Click that like button and subscribe. Again, my name is Richard Anthony Wallace. This is A Raw Perspective.